Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Washington State's new Cannabis Odor Task Force tackling that stinky, confronting issue. To help us uh, talk about this ridiculous article is Katrina Glugowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for uh, spending your time on this MJ Business Daily article. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> All right, so the state is forming a marijuana odor task force and seeking an outside expert to advise regulations on the possible impact of cannabis odors on human health. Um, is there any such thing in the, in the um, bovine world with cows and methane and everything? I mean, can't they just take that funk and just say, here's how you're, you're gonna be affected by some shitty smells? Uh, I, I must tell you, Josh, one of the first cases I ever worked on as an attorney, we call it the cow shit case, uh, some uh, dairy farm and individuals lived downstream from the dairy farm and upon heavy rain, literal, literal cow shit was flowing in their direction. Uh, so yes, there are some regulations related to bovine excretions, Josh. Mm-hmm. So you would think they'd be able to take that data and just figure it out. Um, no one has a, any complaints. Is there a broccoli cooking plant somewhere? Because that smells terrible when you cook broccoli. The aroma of Tacoma, Tacoma is a suburb of Seattle. The aroma of Tacoma is from a uh, paper mill. So I would only imagine that, um, what is it, Pacific, whatever the company is that's down in Georgia, um, the paper company, I would imagine they anyone in Georgia who's been around that paper mill probably knows the funk I'm talking about. And it's worse than, than cow manure. Uh, in high school, we played football like right next to a cow pasture and that all four quarters smelled like shit. And you just kind of, <laughs> you just deal with it. Um, but it's funny how, you know, with a plant, you know, you cook broccoli and it stinks or whatever. And it's like BO. Um, is it really that much of an issue when, when farmers are used to dealing with, with poop on the regular? <laughs> Josh, I think this is neighbors who, who, who need to complain. Uh, first and foremost, uh, cannabis stinks. Uh, everybody knows this. It, it doesn't smell like a, like a rose. Uh, but uh, I think this is more a situation of NIMBYs, uh, not in my backyard. They don't want this crop anywhere near them, as opposed to a true health issue um, related to the odor of marijuana traveling across the street. Uh, now, of course, the chemicals that they put on these, these plants uh, could affect you, but the, the odor in and of itself is, is just such a wimby argument, uh, nimby argument that it's ridiculous. Yeah. Sean Denae is, uh, she's with, um, Washington bud company and she thinks that the complaints are coming from a very small percentage of opponents to cannabis. Um, but that it's necessary to ultimately address the public outcry. So it probably is just a, a few small percentage of people who don't like the smell of it. Cause again, there's just so many other things to complain about, um, but yeah, the not in my backyard crew is is definitely a loud voice and maybe a disproportionate um, percentage of of uh, complainers. I'm not really sure what the I'm not really sure how they're going to finalize this. I'm just going to have to listen to both sides and maybe have a, an area designated for growing or or cannabis production. 
this is uh, my prediction is this is going to go nowhere for the exact same thing that you've already mentioned. Uh, if you live next to a dairy farm or a cow pasture or a broccoli plant or a paper plant or uh, a cabbage field, you already know that when you move in. And then complaining about it after the fact uh, is, is just ineffective. These, these cases uh, related to the, to the farms um, outside of cannabis, uh, they don't go anywhere. Uh, because ultimately you can move. Um, if, if it bothers you that much, you can move. And the individual who uh, legally is growing whatever the crop is, be it beef or cannabis or cabbage, uh, has the legal right to do that, what, what they want with their land within the legal limits. So these cases will go nowhere, Josh. It's, it's just a red herring in, in an attempt to get cannabis out of the neighborhood. And yet it seems to have worked with uh, the right form of, of regulators. So uh, in Washington state, uh, east of the mountains as a lot of agricultural and over there by Lake Chelan, they have a, a lot of wine and the wine culture is, is, is a significant lobbyist group in Washington. Second largest wine producer out of Sonoma Valley in California, which is the second largest out of, um, out of Europe. So kind of makes Washington state a big deal when it comes to wine. And yet um, the wine industry has shoved everybody out of Chelan County that wanted to grow cannabis because they have a land designation for wine. And so Red Mountain has a wine designated land area to grow grapes. And a lot of the cannabis farmers want that terroir. They want that rich soil out there on Red Mountain. And so I'm wondering if there's a battle between agricultural crops where the wine industry is like, y'all are out of here. This is rich man's territory. Get out. Whereas the cannabis growers are kind of blue collar, trying to grow up a little bit and yet uh, reaching some serious roadblocks with um, other commodities, maybe. Well, Chelan is an interesting example, uh, and what the what the wine farmers did in Chelan County was change zoning rules. They did not say, "Oh, cannabis stinks, get it out of my backyard." They wanted to protect their crop, and we see this quite a bit with apples and cherries. Uh, you're not allowed to cross contaminate, especially here in Washington, um, and then. The other thing they did in Chelan County, they said, um, you can't have an excessive use of electricity. And as you know, uh, cannabis grows require an extraordinary amount of electricity. And none of this was, it smells bad. These were all zoning rules and public utility rules to restrict the growing of cannabis in a particular region. Just like we have um, dry cannabis cities uh, in, in Seattle where they're like, no, it's not legal. But uh, the legal distinction there, though, is uh, you can't grow weed in Chelan County, not because it smells bad, uh, because the wine growers did it the right way and changed zoning laws. The right way, <laughs> putting that in air, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> They're not saying it smells bad, which is, this is, it's ridiculous. It's a waste of taxpayer money to talk about uh, 
odors uh, from a crop because uh, it's not the right way to go. As I said, you know, even cow shit, literal cow shit smells don't get regulated. So this is going to be unsuccessful. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Let's come back to Talking Hedge and find out. With that, we want to thank my guest, Katrina Glugowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.